This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Uh, We're coming at you on a Sunday night for a little change. We thought we'd uh, get in fresh and hot while the finals uh, week one have just concluded. What a weekend it ended up being, Mitch. Uh, I loved the last three games. I thought they were all brilliant. Kind of funny, given that a lot of people thought the only close game would be the first one, which ended up being the only blowout. Mm. Uh, But yeah, given that it's Sunday night and we just uh, saw the Parramatta Eels outlast the Newcastle Knights, we might start there and then jump back to Friday's game afterwards. So yeah, let's start there. Parramatta. I thought Mitch Moses was fantastic. Um, I thought that Parramatta in general were the better team and that they deserved to win. But there was, of course, one very contentious call at the end of the game. So we have uh, our special guest referee, Dean Robon, for a special finals edition of We Was Robbed. Welcome, Dean. Jeez, it took till the, the finals to get me on here. I've been lobbying for, for yeah, months Yeah, regular now. season, who cares? I mean, we could have joined after that South Penrith regular season game to just... Call Green Atkins a cheat, but uh, well, <laughs> I think that's a, have Dean sit there as you called him a cheat. Was that your yeah. plan? I mean, that's all, that would also be fine. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so Dean, uh, a lot of contention about that uh, Clint Gutherson kick slash no kick. Uh, Mitch and I both thought it was fine. You've conferred with a couple of other people. For those that don't know, Dean's an A grade referee. Obviously, got a couple of friends as well who are referees. Some of whom have refed in the top grade. So, Dean, uh, let's just take it away there. What? Uh, Explain that motion to us and why it's fine. Well, I think there's two parts to it, and it'll obviously be confirmed by Graham Annesley tomorrow. But I think personally that um, they made a decision that it was too, too inconclusive for them to say whether the ball hit the ground. But even if it first, but even if it did, um, it's a it's very much a interpretation thing. So you have to intentionally kick the ball. So it's up to the bunker to decide whether or not they feel like he intentionally drop kicked the ball. So it's not just a kick. He has to intentionally drop kick the ball. So they've either decided that it's either not hit the it, it's hit the, the foot first or he's intentionally drop kicked it. Unfortunately, they didn't explain it on the run, but either way, you can't say they, they got it wrong other than just giving your own opinion on whether or not he, inter- he intentionally drop kicked it. So either way, technically he's, he's right. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to jump in too, by the way, if you don't know what an A grade referee is, that's about a, a D grade human. Correct. <laughs> well, Those who ain't good so he was already a D great human, but um... he was. No, that's that was what I thought too, Dean. Um, I know it doesn't come up. It's one of those rules that doesn't come up very often, and we we have this every now and then. A rule we forget out for like five years. It comes up, and people forget. Did did we change it last time or not or, or whatever? And people have confused the 2018 Billy Slater incident and the reaction with. The rule getting changed, and the, the I don't believe the rule has changed. It hasn't, but it no. happened when Billy did it. Happened when Benji did it in 2011 in the finals against the Dragons, and his was my, probably the worst of all of them, Benji's. But yeah, I'm I'm yeah. with you, Dean. It's like it's it's really hard to to change what that decision was to, no. to say he it didn't hit the ground or he didn't intend to kick it, and people thinking that you're not allowed to drop kick the ball was the bizarre one too, like. You're allowed well, to drop kick the ball. They have to be shot at the goal. <laughs> yeah, you can drop the, kick the ball at any point. And by the way, the, there's definitely no uh, precedence of uh, changing the rules in rugby league. So yes. I can understand the fans being confused. But um, mm. yeah, you can drop kick the ball at any point. Um, and and again, it's an interpretation thing. Did he mean to? How do you know? Can you get into his head? Can you figure yeah. out what he's thinking in his head? You have no if idea. You, if you had the hindsight of looking at his post-match interview, he said he tried to. So again, he's right. So there you go. To me, like the the thing, he drops. It's it's different to a guy clearly losing control of the footy and then throwing a leg at it as as the ball hits the ground. That's not the same thing, and that's not what we saw here. He drops the ball to his foot to intentionally kick it. Whether he meant to kick it half a second earlier than what he did, we'll never know. But at the end of the day, the ball went exactly where he wanted it to go. So I don't know how you could argue that he didn't mean to do what he did. Yeah, this is one of those weird rules where it's based on what is he meant to do. Um, and it's just impossible to say with certainty. And then, of course, after we move on from that bit, Dean, no dramas for me or Mitch with that penalty try decision. I think Pong has overrun the ball. No. He's going to the winger. It's it's clear as day, right? Yeah, it's it's clear as day. I think the biggest difference between this one and Radley's is that there was no fullback. Like yeah. He scores that try every day of the week, as far as I'm concerned. And Grant was 100% spot on there. Great. Um, and uh, all right, before you get out of here, Dean... Uh, 
You can have 45 seconds on the roosters. <laughs> um, let's just say uh, I had to go to the, I would have had to go to the ER to make sure I don't have Parkinson's. I was shaking that much. <laughs> um, that was not fun. And I would not like to do that again ever in my lifetime because I feel like I'm too old for this shit at 31 years old. So yep. please never happen um, again, but bring on Manly and then bring on South. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be, I mean, if, that, if, if yeah, if you're looking to solve your blood pressure issues, I'm sure a South Roosters prelim would, would very much help in that regard. High, highest rated game in NRL history, surely, if that happens. Oh, for sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming right. on, Dane. No worries. Thanks, See you guys Dane. next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. yeah so, we've, just, we've talked about that incident. Um, yeah, I just want to go back to it a little tiny bit. It's just funny. The it just It's so off the back of, again, how the incident is handled on the commentary and I'm in a situation at my house that like I had, I watched KO and nine and I watched the first half on KO, but in our main room, the KO, I never watched TV out in like at the lounge room here. I always watch like, in, you know, the bedroom or my study usually, but the main room doesn't have KO and I can't be bothered moving a Chromecast. So I watched the first half of this on KO second half on nine, I was getting dinner ready. And then the last incident, because KO is like 30 seconds behind, I was going between rooms and hearing the takes between the two of them and just how wrong the commentary were on spraying the incorrect rules. And it's just funny because when you watch that 2011 Benji one we mentioned, again, it's just so the action's so different. Gus is like, he's kicked it, Rabs. He's kicked it. You know, it's fine. Let it go. And they kind of just move on. Whereas in this game, we had the both commentary sets get the interpretation of that rule wrong. Channel 9 agree it was a penalty trial, which is really surprising to see. But then Fox, like, going on that stupid 100% certain thing, which just isn't the thing. Yeah. And then you, want, you wonder why all of a sudden that game, which is a cracking game, you wonder why our phones are all blowing up if you're in a number of group chats about rugby league, all blowing up about this rip-off call. It's like, that was nothing wrong with that. And like, if Parramatta didn't get it, they'd have probably felt ripped off. It's not nice as a Knights fan. It's fair enough to be upset and, and feel like I hate to, to have my finals hopes ended like that, even though they're behind this, their game was ended like that. That's great. I get that. But the people acting like it was predetermined or it, it, you know, that they wanted power to win or all this kind of garbage. Just like grow up. Like, can I just address that really quickly? Like, yeah. and look, I, I say the cross section of people who think the NRL is rigged and people who listen to the show is very small. Um, it's probably just Frankie, but, um, <laughs> but like dead set. If you think, if you think the sport is rigged, why are you watching? Go watch wrestling. Like, why are you here giving your money and your time and your energy and your attention to this thing if you think it's rigged? Re answer yeah. me that. And also, you got to ask why. If the NRL was rigged, they would rig it so the Broncos made the final every single year because that would make them the most money. Like, yep. what are we talking? Why would they want the Storm to keep making the grand final every year? The team that has like probably the least impact on the city that they play in of any team in the in the league. Like, I'm sure if the NRL could rig it, they'd rig the grand final to either be like Broncos v South Bulldogs Eels or Broncos v Warriors every year. Yep. That's what it would be. No, it they're, be they're trying the to keep the versus, Knights down as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the biggest rugby league city in the world, Newcastle. Yeah, that would be terrible for business if they made a grand final. It would like... Every year it's the Storm versus like a small market Sydney team like Penrith or the Sharks. Yeah, that that's definitely what the NRL wants. That that's the optimum grand final. Give me a break. Yeah, that's it. So um that call, I just it's just disappointing that I didn't think that was anything until I saw the reaction. I didn't think it was going to drive the narrative after that game. And it feels that we'll probably be talking about that for the next coming days because of silly things that like there is interpretation in the rule book. And you can disagree with the interpretation of the referees, and we do all the time. But you get sick of like the 100% thing has never been a thing. It's never, never been. Ever, ever, ever. In the rule book. And the kicking thing, it's about the intention to kick it. That's what it is. And you can say whatever you want that Gutherson didn't intend to do that. Nobody knows Barkley Gutherson. But what I can tell from watching it is that like he did mean to kick it. Hard to differentiate the two. And I don't know where people got this. You can't drop kick the ball thing from. Like what? So if you don't drop kick at the post, it's a pe it's what? A yeah. penalty or something. You're allowed like. to do it from fucking optional restarts if you want. Just yeah, no, no one does you can, it. You can do it from, you know, penalties. You're allowed to drop kick for touch. Yeah. But people just don't, because again, why would you? But why would you? It's a yeah. thing. But you also didn't want to say, tell me that every single grubber you've seen ever, the ball's never hit the ground before the foot. Yeah. Let it happen on grubbers as well. Like it just, it's weird. And we get focused on these things. And it's like, you know, another one I thought, remember that time Tommy Turbo at, was at Suncorp 
and he, he the ball bounced and then he jumped to be, uh, catch it bouncing and got folded and he got hurt. Yeah. And we spent like three weeks talking about we should change that rule. It's like, why? It's like, and then it hasn't happened since. And this yeah. won't happen again for like another five years. It's like, no, th- that's the rule. It sucks. It never happens, but that's just... The fact that immediately I was like, Billy Slater 2018 and you were like, Benji Marshall 2011. That's the only two we can think of off the top of our heads. If this happened more often, we'd have yeah, more examples. More, of yeah. There and, probably and are, there was, like, whatever. Yeah. And it's the whole thing about having to meant to have kicked it. That's it. And that's why the rule book's written the way it is because like, you know, you can't just drop the ball and when it bounces up, then boot it and go, oh, I tried to kick that. It's like, yeah. no, it's All the right. intention of kicking it. Spent enough time on this that. incident. Mitch yeah. Moses, fantastic. Again, he was brewing against the Storm a couple of weeks ago. He's brewing again here. Thought he's probably the best player on the field. Um, and this goes back to what I said on the bonus podcast yesterday. If people haven't listened to that, you probably should. If you're not a patron, patreon.com forward slash in a real boom rookies. But um, like, he's a really good player. And yes, sometimes in the finals games, he hasn't turned up against better teams. But sometimes good teams just lose to other good teams. And then sometimes good players like Cody Walker and Mitch Moses this weekend have really good games. And I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for Cody last night. And I, I, I'm just happy for Parramatta fans because like, obviously there's still a long way for them to go. And if they lose next weekend, they're out at the second week of the finals, much like everybody thought they would be. But this is a game where they went behind after a minute and a half and a game that they so could have easily just given up on and folded and, and, and that they didn't. And, and the guys that we re- look at for them, the guys who we've said in previous weeks, they don't have a Latrell, they don't have a Tommy Turbo, they don't have a Ryan Pappenhausen, they don't have a whoever. Yeah. Like those guys turned up today. Gutherson was awesome. Mitch Moses was awesome. And if Junior Polo is not suspended next week, I reckon they have an actual chance. Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing about this weekend of footy, and I know you spoke about the Patreon po- podcast, I definitely didn't think South were going to win that game. But the best thing that's happened the last couple of weeks with the way the game's being interpreted, we're starting to feel like I'm watching rugby league where I actually think either team can win, which has been a different thing. It hasn't been a thing for two years. You've generally kind of known 15 minutes into a game who's on top and who's going to stay on top. And this game today did feature a lot of six agains. It did, but as opposed to some of the other ones this weekend, like there was eight in this game today, but it still genuinely felt a bit more like what I've come to think what rugby league has been throughout my, you know, my, my lifetime in the last couple of years. And it was, it was a tough match and twos and throws throughout it. But like guys, like, it was one on moments rather than one on, like, you know, teams just being dominated. It was one on like Mitch Moses's, fantastic run there you know the knights came back in through Kevin ponga brilliance they didn't just come back through like you know we got two six game calls and went up the guts and the other thing was gas and we scored and then we scored again like it felt more like what i think rugby league is so the whole weekend i really enjoyed mm. but this game was another great one and the knights to their credit mate like they i think para for a large part of this game were playing them off the park and the knights did not fuck off like, no they, play, they, they were brave they were really brave and can i just say uh, it, they scored twice as just plop Kalen Ponga on that left edge for the whole fucking game. You did it twice and scored two tries. Why do they stop? And that pass for the Tuala's was it the second or the second third one. try? Yeah. Unbelievable. Third one, sorry, yeah. Um, just do it every set. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? The the second of Tuala's tries, they scored with Ponga being the decoy in the right hand side of the ruck, and I hated it. <laughs> like, he was sitting right of the ruck, and they went left, and Clifford put a great kick in. Who I thought Clifford had a great game. He was as well. really good too. But yeah, it just felt like that game for the Knights, you know, maybe like, and I don't want to go back to Mitch Pierce bashing because he's had worse games with this. He has, but it really felt like in the last 20 minutes, he decided to get out of the way and let Clifford and Ponga do the thing. Like if you're the leader of this team, Pierce, you've got to understand that like, Clifford and Ponga are like, they're the ones having the game today, not you. Maybe, you know, stop putting up the really mediocre kicks and stuff. Maybe let Clifford keep doing that. And maybe let's defer to those guys a little. And he didn't, and he made a few mistakes. Wasn't great. But um, the Eels, like, mate, as you said, they've been up against it. But they had some guys in this game really step up. Like, uh, Campbell Gillard's defense. I mean, he probably was offside the entire game. Yeah, I don't but, know. Uh, he was this murdering people. He was man. Great. And, that, and he was just like, a guy, again, years ago, that guy, he didn't have that in him. No. It was good to see him lay the law, the law down. Like there was that, a huh? lot of players just over. And I already talked about Walker and Moses. But there's just a lot of guys this weekend who've been criticized a lot for their performances in big moments who stepped up this weekend. He's another one, I think. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been someone who's been critical of Moses myself, so you know, I'm obviously going to sit there and own that. But he um was great in this game. And I also thought um like I don't know what they do. We'll talk about we'll do a preview during the week, but I don't know what they're going to do with this Madison garbage. Don't know either. because like, I thought Sean Lane was pretty average, maybe below average. I think you got to get him back in. 
like I understand that Nia Corey was actually really good. He played the full 80. Papali'i, they used him a bit differently. And then I don't know what the cut right business is, but you can't tell me you can't, you don't want to see Madison. I know their reason was like he hasn't played in three weeks. Who gives a shit? Like yeah. he couldn't he couldn't give you 18 minutes cut right gave you off the bench. He couldn't give you 30 minutes. Like I don't know. I don't get that. And I hope that just because they won, it doesn't just like lock them into not picking him again. Cause I actually think they missed him in this game. Yeah, I agree. Ray Stone, shout out. Like played played yeah, fine. Pretty well. Man, he um he worked his ass off and he got yeah. cast, but he what he made 50, 50 tackles and 50, 50 tackles minutes. and uh, only missed like one or two, I think. So yeah, but that's good. And Will um Will Penasini, he's one, I think oh, Campo is How was Tom Opacek keeping him out of this team? Yeah, I mean, I know he's he's been killing the reserve grades on the way up. But me and Campo speak about him often. I think we want to mention him on the air here once or twice. But yeah, how is he like he on his fourth first grade game? He'd been a reserve three other times. But as you said, Wopchek kept him out, and he was he was awesome in this game. And I know a lot of the Knights' points came down that left edge, but man to man, he did a good job on Bradman Best. Yeah. But also that flick pass is like we don't see enough of that anymore from centers when it's like quick hands flick pass. We see flick yeah, passes yeah, yeah. all the time, but he had he'd flick pass it before Ponger even realized he'd bloody pass the ball. It was, it was awesome. so good. Um, yeah, they're they're big forwards. Paulo Papali, Nia Corre, as you said, all played really well. I just, Probably what do you think about, like, I think he's in trouble. I think that shoulder charge is pretty bad. From who? Paulo. Uh, keeping it, the Paulo. <sighs> yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think, and it's upsetting. There's a couple of, in the other games, a couple of like those really shitty crush attacks. I think Yo's think already got off though. So he's fine. I That's think. good. But I'm worried about some of those guys missing finals, ga- I mean, missing games from them. And yeah. this is the thing. I don't want to sound like a crack pop. Like we've said for a long time, I think finals games should be worth more points. I agree. So so I hope that Junior Paulo doesn't And obviously pop, like, not for things like what Latrell Mitchell did, but like things no. like Isaiah Yo did, there should be a bit of discretion. Like that was barely a penalty to me, the Yo one, but we'll get to that game. But yeah, um, we will. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. New, Newcastle though, like, you know, it feels like, I mean, the fans be proud of their effort. Yeah. And the, but like, I, mean, I know if, that they would have loved to fucking win a game. If Pierce, if games, Pierce plays all year, they probably finish fifth or sixth. And then look, if yeah. they finish sixth, they probably end up in this exact same game anyway and lose it, but whatever. But I think I mean, it's I fine. Did, and I was stealing an analogy from Simon that stole from NBA, but he's like, Mitch Pierce is a, a 24 game player and not a four game player, which is like, you know, Mitch Pierce is the halfback for the season, but isn't the halfback for the finals. Yeah, he's you know, Isaiah Thomas that. on the Celtics, basically. Yeah, and that's what he kind of was in this game for them too, which is unfortunate. But I do think like the, the fans do know the club will probably not have him another year. He's done his job there. And it looks like Clifford and Ponga are ready to ascend. I just don't understand why, as you said, mate, why is he not like on that left-hand side 15 plus times a game? I don't know. We'll, we'll, well yeah. But, Hopefully next year we just well, see more of it. I don't know. Like when they got the ball back at the, at, the, at the end of the game, they only went to him left on fifth tackle. It's like, that's yeah. it? Frustrating. Okay. It has to be oh, frustrating for their fans as well because they all see it. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's it. They all see it. But yeah, in the end, power roll on and it makes it an interesting, like, a very interesting next week because yeah. I just don't. We'll talk about the Roosters. Yeah, we'll wait till we like, get team lists on Wednesday and do questions and previews, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jumping all the way back to Friday now. Um, the only game which people thought would be close was actually the only game that sucked. Uh, Manly 12, Melbourne 40. Um, look, uh, it's, it, I'm getting in early. I was wrong. I said, you know, their attack was a little bit disjointed. They're, they're, I don't know if they're going to be clicking at full cylinder. But yeah, Ryan Pabinaz is just really fucking good again. So that was a fun two weeks when they were a bit harem scarum. They're just yeah. the best team by a mile again. How fucking annoying. Well, it's it's something you've said on the podcast for years. It was one of the original Matt Bungard, you know, things, I'll say, you know, one of your things. Yeah. It was about like, the eventual premieres very often it doesn't matter. shit for like five rounds. It, means it doesn't nothing. matter. Oh, yeah. Parramatta and lost by 42 weeks ago. I'm sure uh, to Penrith. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, the Storm was were kind of average for five rounds. And I hated it because I wanted the Storm to, to set the point scoring record. But yeah, finals hit. They click into into gear. Like Cam Munster hasn't played quite well, or well for a few weeks now. He had a great game. Pappenhausen was fantastic. But like, they really cranked up the intensity in the first 15 to 20 minutes. And they did play like it was PVL ball that they cranked up, got it a lead, and then they pushed off. They were offside the entire game. Like they, There was like one set that they probably could have given, given like four, six again away, and they got one, I think. But yeah, this game only had uh, one ruck infringement each and then 14 penalties, which is a bit of a far cry from what we've been interpreting the game as early in the season. But yeah, when, when Manly can't get that forward momentum up the guts going and they can't get Tommy on the back of that momentum... 
this is what can happen to them against a side like the Storm, unfortunately, for Manly. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I, we did mention this yesterday. I, I think we need to have a proper discussion about this now, though, because like Tom DeVoy is a quiet game. That can happen. That doesn't discount the season he had. And that doesn't mean that he's a fraud or he's a flat track. Ruler. He was also incredible in State of Origin. He got the player of the series and that. And you don't get much yeah. of a less flat track than State of Origin. Um, but at the same time, it does somewhat contextualize his 2021 numbers when you compare them to those great seasons of the past. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? It's not, it's not he's a fraud. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's it. Like, I think a lot of the drawback of calling players that has come from the over pumping up of players. And we spent all season of trying to not saying is Tom having Tom having one of the best seasons. Ever. We tried to find ways to say he's having the best season ever for a number of weeks. So of course, and I, and I bid on that myself that I still don't believe he is having the best season ever because it's the way the sport has been played most of this year. You just can't be in my opinion. And, and, yeah, and it's not his fault they lost his game, obviously, but yeah, he was got like the absolute piss belted out of him. Yeah, and he got he was thoroughly shut down. Like the, the, that's it. They got the piss belted out of him. And Did they like, have a forward run for more than like sixty five meters? Like there's literally nothing you can do in that situation if you're a forward. Yeah, they had Dylan Walker, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Sorry, yeah, but some of the other numbers, mate, embarrassing. Jake Turbo, forty six meters off ten runs. You're running backwards, like. Jason Saab but, also. Oh, yeah. Saab, well, that's the other part. Like, Saab and Garrick didn't do their yardage work when they could. And then, yeah, the forwards didn't stand up. And they just got pummeled from pillar to post. And the Storm didn't... Like, the Manly scored two tries. One of them is... A, it is a good DCA kick. Um, that Saab just, you know, he gets above his man and scores. The other one is... It was comical. Like, the... Isaac Lemon and Mr. Fusing of that kick is some of the worst you've ever seen. It was like optional restarts happen very rarely, but that was probably the worst one since what, like Brett Finch's one like 25 years ago. The, the phrase comedy of errors is bandied around a lot, but yeah. Although, can I just make an actual, a tiny point on that set, that optional restart? Like, I don't think it's that bad because like they did flip the field and maybe he identified that their forward pack was getting the absolute piss belted out of them. And even yeah. with a seven tackle set, they've only been making like 35, 40 meters per set. So if they, even with seven tackles, they end that set like kicking from halfway. Right. Even if Lumi Lumi fields that kick correctly, they do tackle the storm on tackle one on like the 25. So I don't think it's that outrageous. Yeah. But it's more the fact that it was just like straight down the middle of the field. It's like, you didn't even get near. Hey, that's how like, you, you make want... the most meters, baby. Straight like, line. Like you didn't kick it to the side Saab was chasing from. That's what's weird. It's like, yeah, wait, I so get it. you're kicking for the fast dude and you kicked like down the middle to the left a little to where mm. their fast guy was. And, and uh, yeah, I, like, I will never understand why players go to ground prematurely to field kicks when they don't have to. And this was a golden example of that. Like he did not need to like try to dive on that. He could have just stood there and picked it up. But he didn't try to dive on it either. He dove next to it. Yeah. He tried and to do one of those like sliding pickups that you see sometimes. And I never like them because it's just such a yeah. pointless play. But like, yeah, as you said, he could either just fall on, like actually fall onto the ball or a better, like, but he didn't cover it with anything. Like, the ball, he, he went in exactly like if the ball bounced, he wasn't getting it. And we all know the rugby league ball does bounce weird sometimes, and that's what happened. And terrible. And the worst part about it was Pappenhausen stopped because he thought he yeah. had it. Like, yeah. If we move out of the way, I'm pretty sure Pappenhausen diffuses it. Yeah. But yeah, it was embarrassing. And I, and I don't think, I don't know. Does it, they've got two weeks. So does he play? Probably not. Um, I mean, I hope he plays in the grand final, but. Uh... Yeah, but and, and the storm did really well. Will he play on. in the prelim, Mitch? I don't know. I don't have to don't care. care. It yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, and the storm had like they really dealt with like Brandon Smith going off, which could have. I know they were already on top, could have rattled them. But yeah, Harry Grant was good when he came onto the field, and we did finally see that Pappenhausen returned to to some of his best. And that's like I do believe he's a better fullback than Nico. They're a better team with Paps there. Just agree. A, a period of time there where it didn't feel like that, and even things like that two-point field goal, you know, kind of, for me, like, that, like Pappenhausen is their field goal, dude. He's got to be on the fucking field, yeah. you know? Like, I just did. And except for that field goal, the entire set. But, yeah, the Storm are just, they, they, you know, even if they're not the best team in the competition, right? Like, some years they're not the best team in the comp, but they're still, like, just so good at turning up for the right games. They're yeah. so good at preparing to, for the big games. And sometimes it doesn't work out for them. Like, the Sharks had a way of upsetting them, but they were on top from kickoff and this. And, like, 
The guys like Kenny Bromwich was feeling himself. Khalees yeah. Kabusi was hitting hard. Christian Welch was dominant. Like they were on top from kickoff. Didn't let this manly get on top of the, like in, into the game at all. And it was like over what? Can you 13 minutes in? It was I will say me. this though. Like, and I know this sounds weird, but I actually feel better about beating them in a grand final than in a prelim. I don't know why, but I feel like if we were to play them in a prelim, they would put 50 on us. But if we were to play them in a grand final, like something whack might happen. I don't know. Yeah. Is that weird? Uh, not, not that weird, but yeah, this game, what they didn't drop the ball to the 36 minute, the storm. That's pretty good. They, had, they 61% possession at 90% completion rates. And they dropped the ball, what all they dropped ball in the second half, but still they went, they went swathes of, of, you know, 20 minutes of dropping the ball pretty much. And Manly couldn't string sets together. Couldn't hold onto the ball when they got it. And um, I think it was a bit one, like, I know that team has had swagger all over the field for the last couple of weeks. That had one of the games feeling that everyone was waiting for someone else to take over the game. Hey, for Manly, he's waiting for someone, yeah, they're waiting totally. for someone else to step up and do something. And um, I, but, I did laugh though at the one play right at the end of the game when Jake tried to put Tommy over for a hit up, but it's like, mate, you're not on top. You can't do that. <laughs> that just built him. Yeah, it's this like, might work <laughs> against like the Barella Bears and the fucking <laughs> Orb Spaceman and all these other teams you've yeah. been scoring hat-tricks off hit-ups against, but it's not going to work here against the Melbourne Storm. Is it well, Forbes Spaceman or 40. Park Spaceman? I always get confused. I don't, I don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> the joke's fine. Um, yeah, look, man, they have to bounce back now. Uh, we'll talk about that on Wednesday, but um, let's move on to who they're going to be playing. Uh, not the Gold Coast Titans. <sighs> um, look, as funny as it would have been for a 10-14 and 14 team <laughs> to win a finals game... Um, and they probably they might have been the better team on the balance of play. What a finish! I mean, what are you doing, Patrick Herbert? Sorry, hey, Bear, Gold, what are you doing? What Gold are Coast you Titans doing? hate the Gold Coast Titans, they are mate. the they dumbest do. team in the world. And I've said that about both the Tigers and the Sharks this year, but I think the Titans outdumb both of them. Yeah, and and I feel sorry for Patty Herbert because he'll be sitting at home like. All in summer, a pit of yeah. misery after being, he was actually, he's had a really good run of a few weeks and he was really good for like 75 minutes. But yeah, that, you know, you got to ice that shit. And it, it's Bo Firma did a terrible job on the play before, like making that line break was great. And he went through Sam Walker and Sam Walker did a good job to stay on his feet and keep chasing. But Firma, why in God's name he ran in front of Sammy, I'll never know. That was insane. Like, dude, if you just run, like, Dummy to Sammy, go back in behind Tedesco, and the entire field is now in play. Jaden Campbell was on his right-hand side coming up. Sammy would have had space. What he did is he went in front of Sammy, and he totally shut down and space. took his own it. support runner on the right out of the game in the process. Like it's He did. So bad. He did. And then what, like, I know I've watched the wide angle since, but you can see it on the replay. Show you the wide angle on one of the replays on the broadcast. Half the Titans team didn't push up. So I think Fog- I think win? look, Herbert's gonna love him. I think Fogarty stuffs that up too, by the way. He needs to go to the yeah. line before he passes that ball. Yeah. I think he passes too early. Yeah, and I know people are like, oh, Fafita's there, should give it to Fafita. It's like, mate, Fafita was like on his own 30 when Firma got tackled. Like if Fafita is the $1.2 million man carrying that franchise, who's come off the bench, by the way, hasn't played 80. He should have been in front of Herbert. If that ball gets to Fafita, if Fafita is where Herbert is, the Titans are playing next week. But he wasn't. He was bludging. He didn't move until Firma got tackled. And he did turn up right at the end outside Paddy Herbert. But you, you've, you're asking Paddy Herbert to have eyes in the back of his head to know Dave Fafita's coming. You know, he's just got to, like, if Fafita's in the right position, or even if he's next to Herbert before he gets the ball, he should know. But yeah, Herbert also did obviously fuck up by like, Watch the replay. He didn't look where Corey Thomason was like once. Yeah. He was pretty certain he was scoring. It fell apart and he threw it like in that desperate moment, throw it back infield. Like, do not throw it near the sideline, mate. Throw, just throw it back infield. Or just get tackled. There's like 15 seconds left. Yeah. Like, it's not great. And I did enjoy Corey Thompson's giant spray. That yeah, was great. It was so funny. And then he just went. I think he went up the tunnel. He just gone. He walked away. Probably said himself spraying Herbert more, but yeah, it's just like, yeah. It's just the most Gold Coast way to not win that football game. Like they, but look, they... as as much as it would have been hilarious to me, I like that the six best teams are the teams that are left, and oh, s- it, it so would be I. kind of farcical if. And you know, Titans, the Titans could beat like they're when they're on, they're on. Like they're a good team when they're firing, and like there's no reason they couldn't have beaten Manly as well. And to have a ten and 
14 team in the prelim would have been absurd. So, so what what I'll say is I think the Titans have good players. I think they're a very poor team still. I agree. I As think, I said, I, I think the yeah. best comparison is that just pre-Michael Maguire Rabbitohs team that had guys like Sam Burgess, Greg Inglis, Dave Taylor, John Sutton, Chris Sandow, and they just never clicked. They just, they would, they'd have games where they turned up and they'd look amazing. And then they'd have games where they just did stupid bullshit. And then sometimes they'd have games where both of those things happened, like this one. Yeah. And it just feels like there's a couple of guys there that are still, and I'm not trying to say a lot of myself, some of the guys would still rather they be the guy who scored or made the play than the Titans making the play at all. You know, and like, you know, Tyler and Peachy should not be taking field goals. I know, I know they haven't really got a recognized field goal taker, but it's like, you know, you're not that guy, Tyrone. I know you think you're that guy and you thought that guy forever, but like, you're not that guy, Tyrone. You're just not. And I don't know who the other recognized take. I think Paddy Herbert took a shot last week. That's sort of great sign, but you know, he didn't, he didn't turn up there. And then like, you know, for feet not turning up at the end of the game there, that really, really would have pissed me off as a Titans fan. Like really would have set me off that he wasn't up the field there, but it seems to have got off with, with no blame because of Herbert screw up. But yeah, it's just weird for them, mate. Like, I thought, like, Brian Kelly and, like, Jared, Jared Walls been really good the last, like, 10 weeks. I thought he was really good in this game. I thought Kelly was as well. And, they, you know, they kept finding ways to get themselves out of the game, right? And then the Roosters would let them back in. Like, it's not something the Roosters do, but you had the opportunity. The Roosters gave them the opportunities. They made Ikuvalu's mistake. Like, I don't know if Lumi Lumi or his is worse this weekend, but that's still one of the worst finals mistakes you'll ever see from, from Ikuvalu dropping it on, in front of his old goal It was line. very but, funny. They kept opening the door for them. Anytime, and like the same with the Brian Kelly try he scored. He just walked back infield after nothing was on, straightened and went right through like Angus Crichton and Isaac Liu. It's like the Roosters let them back in a couple of times. And yeah, it's a finals game. You just have to be fucking better than that. And they're just not as a team, as a unit. They got better, they're good enough players, but like, yeah, it's frustrating. They can't put it together. And, um, like I mean, as you said, Foley can take blame. Like, how the fuck they did not score? Uh, it's 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 so bad. It's so bad. I feel like honestly, like I feel like like a park level football, like like a, like a park level halfback could have executed that better. I don't know why he he looks up, and I thought it was a great switch. Was it Brian Kelly or Tyrone Peachy who switched direction and threw it with the the opposite? I thought that was a really nice play from whichever one of them did that. I can't remember. But then when Fogarty gets the ball and looks up, there's a clear overlap. All you have to do is engage one guy and then pass the ball. Yeah. But he passes as soon as he gets it, and that allows the Roosters to slide out. And that's what puts the doubt in Herbert's mind for me. So Herbert's going to get all the blame, but I think Fogarty is at least like 30% responsible. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, so Brian Kelly. So Peachy is inside Brian Kelly. Kelly does that. He, he draws Angus Crichton on a line, switches, throws it to Fogarty. And then when Fogarty gets it, as you said, mate, there's actually there's three Roosters left. Yeah. And there's so four Fogarty of them. Gets it. <laughs> Engage yeah, one. Yeah, there's four of them. There's three roosters left, and he doesn't engage. He passes without even making Hutchinson pause. No, not at all. If he exactly. makes Hutchinson pause, they score because Herbert might have scored himself if Hutchinson wasn't like he throws a ball when Hutch gets in front of him. It's like it's it's not the exact same play, but you watch Adam Reynolds on the Paulo try in the second game. Yeah. And it's a very similar situation with a very similar overlap. Reynolds double pumps, goes to line, draws in Matt Burton. That's why the try is created. And that's why Fogarty didn't do it. And maybe that's a, like, a, I know he's not a rookie, but well, is he a rookie? Did he debut this year? I'm not sure. No, last uh, year. But look, he's still like a relatively inexperienced player. And maybe that will come with experience, but, but he's, yeah, but he's, he's just got to, he's, he's, like, do... he's like 27 though. I know right? he's played a lot of Q cup, right? Like he's got to yeah. do better there. He's got to do better. He has to, he's, you're the, you know, he's the captain of the side. He's 27 years old. I know he said he's a, you know, still relatively young in NRL games. He's played like 41 NRL games, but he like he's been in the NRL system since 2017, or he, and before that, before obviously he went out of the systems. But it's not good enough. And yeah, like not one of them in that whole movement. Like you said, Brian Kelly did the right thing. Brian Kelly took out guys that could have covered with his play. Yeah, and then that was a great nobody play. else. Like because again, they're running towards the sideline. All we have to do is stop one of their momentum. Like one of the guys, just touch, one, or Kieran. Or Tupo, make one of them hesitate and the gap opens. Yeah. None of them make a hesitate. I really like Ryan Kelly, by the way. I think he's a really good player. I think he's, he fits in that weird spot. I think he's, you know, kind of underrated, even though I hate that term. But But it it works for a guy who is like routinely like towards the top in attacking statistics for his position and never gets any sort of origin hype or anything like that. Yeah, it's like if he was a Queenslander, he'd be playing origin. Actually, sorry, he won center of the year a couple of years ago and everyone was like, what the fuck? This is an injustice. And I was like, actually, yeah. he was pretty good. 
He was pretty yeah. good this year. Um, he was, but yeah, this how, is about, how about the Chooks bringing the kid on as a field goal specialist? Justin Tucker, your heart out. Special teams, baby. Special yeah. teams, the kid. How good. Uh, uh, and then, but also shout out to him on the chase on Firma. Fantastic. And then also on Sami. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, he did a great job I, not to go not to, not to go down. He got fended off like a bitch, and he yeah. got he saved. I, I wonder. Like, was do you think that was? I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch the press conference afterwards because obviously the second game started straight away. But was it? Did Robinson say anything about? I don't know if you've seen it, but um, did they say anything about whether it was always the plan to bring him on with fifteen minutes or ten minutes to go? Or? Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. Which is great for both of us. So yeah, well, I don't know that, but I know like that. Yeah, I thought he would have come on earlier, but yeah, at least they have someone who come on and can, and can do that, which which is good for them. But yeah, like the Roosters, they just they, it's such a strange season. They've done such a good job to get where they are, but they like. Physically, they were, they look like they were ready to give up in this game, and you know, and I'm I'm worried for them next week. Maybe they can bounce back, but it's generally pretty hard for teams in the finals to to look so physically down and then bounce back the week after. And I know they lost Takiyaho really early, didn't help, but um, yeah, like a lot of they just started getting softer up the middle, which just isn't a thing you think of a Roosters middle when it's got Hargreaves and Radley in it. It just got softer and softer as the game went on. Yeah, Radley was obviously a huge in for them. Um, again, I- I've always thought the fawning over him goes a little bit too far. I don't think he's as good as Ken Murray, Jason Tamalolo, or Isaiah Yo for that matter. But he's obviously a great player, and they sorely missed his steal in the middle in the last few weeks. Yeah, and he was really good at, as the game went on. Like he got, he did get quite good, and his offload for Teddy was great. But um, that's one of the things too that we spend all season trying to hail new kings and. Sometimes you players like Tedesco at a stage of their careers that they don't mm. need to be the guy for 24 rounds. But Tedesco still knows. We've seen it at Origin Turn seen it here. Tedesco knows when he has to be the guy. And he was really like he was fantastic. He was like Blake's player of the of the weekend, not probably like I might say Tom Burgess, which you know I would think would sound insane before. Uh, the I can't wait till <laughs> we get to that game, but yes. Yeah, but but I think Tedesco's up there as well. Like, yeah, I mean it's, it feels insane to say a 29-year-old Tom Burgess was like the best player in a week of finals, but it might be true. It might be. Uh do you got anything else to say about the Roosters before we move on to that game? No, we'll we'll preview in, during the week. So okay, excellent. All right. And the last game of the weekend, uh, of course, the boys, South Sydney 16, Penrith 10. Um, look. I got some compliments for yesterday's bonus pod. I was told it was a healthy mix of uh, actual analysis and gronking off, which is always the kind of sweet spot we aim to hit. Do you have, remember, yeah. if you haven't listened to that and you want to, you've got to be a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash general boom rookies. But yeah, um, look, all week, I sort of, you know, I said I was just cautiously optimistic, bordering on psychotically optimistic at times when I eventually said that Mark Nichols was a better player than Tavita Pango Jr., which ended up being correct. <laughs> so, you know, fuck you. Um, correct forever now, apparently. No, it's true. <laughs> Look, you're only as good as your last game, mate. Um, uh, and yeah, if I had to rank the best on ground for this game, I would probably say Tom Burgess, Adam Reynolds, and then either Jackson Paul or Campbell Graham. I think they're probably clo- a close third, but yeah. an unbelievably brave performance. I I didn't think, and Campo said, I think last night, oh, I didn't think they could win a game like this. Same. And he's probably right. I thought they could win this game, but I didn't think it would come in this sort of fashion. This is a team which has conditioned me to think that every single time the Storm or the Panthers get inside our 20, they're going to score a try. And that didn't happen. They scored one try and it was off a brilliantly designed kick, but also something that's not re- repeatable and will never happen again. Um, and then they didn't really even get close. There was no sort of like close call errors or like, uh, like, you know, a guy getting bundled into touch a centimeter from the try line. Like, Toe got bundled into touch once, but he was five meters away from scoring. Um, they didn't really even get close in the end. And I haven't seen the South forward pack really take over and, and just suffocate one of the other big heavyweight packs of the competition like that since the year they won the grand final. And they were brilliant. There was six South forwards who had more meters than James Fisher-Harris did. Uh, um, Tom Burgess had more meters than every Penrith prop combined. Um, which is insane given that James Fijaris has been the best prop in the world this year by a fair distance, but they just didn't allow Penrith to play the way Penrith wanted to play. And you said this last night, you can say, Oh, Penrith played shit, blah, blah, blah. And yes, they did, but they played shit because South didn't let them play the way they wanted to play. Thought Stephen Crichton was really good, but other than him, they just got monstered. There was nothing. And mm-hmm. Bill Kickow got the better of Sewer a couple of times, but Sewer got the better of Bill Kickow a couple of times too. And, and that's, that's just it. And yeah, if they play again in three weeks, Penrith might win. It probably goes different. They probably take some lessons away from this and they change some things up and Dylan Edwards comes back and Charlie Staines isn't in the team. But um, yeah, this is not a fluke win. 
South's earned every bit of this win, and there's absolutely no reason why they can't. We won't. We 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 can't picture them in a grand final in three weeks now. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment there. Is I really didn't think this South team were capable of this type of win with how the game's been played this year. In the last couple of years, really, they haven't had that steal. They've had they've been able to run over teams, but they've never really been able to win with their defensive application. But they were physical, like from the kickoff. But I just think they did the one way to beat this Penrith team, and we've seen it before, and we've seen them get out of it. But the one way to beat them is to really front load your effort, get really physical from the kickoff, get in their face, hurt them, whack them, and hope they crack and hope they don't deal with it and hope they try to take cut corners and, and, and find easy ways out, ways out. And they did that. And some of the things that Penrith would have that happened to them, for example, the Brisbane did it to them in like round whatever it was, like 10 or whatever. And Penrith were able to turn the tide and win. And they were able to turn the tide though because they started out kicking Brisbane, turning Brisbane around, kicking Brisbane in their half, pushing the line speed up on Brisbane. But South were doing that to Penrith in this game. Penrith, yeah. South were the one kicking over Crichton's head and behind Charlie Staines and smash, picking up Brian Toto every now and then, not getting Toto get, have any strong runs. And they were the ones that were, were in Penrith's face the entire night. And it was like from the kickoff. And South were absolutely fucked. When the, when the game ended. Look, that week, got, look, I fine. actually am at the point, I think Parramatta probably beat them next week if they lose this game. Not because they're yep. a better team, but because I think Souths are absolutely exhausted. They put everything into this game. and, and But, but now they're going to week off. The finals. And they take that fine. risk. And look, okay, so we talked a lot about this game last night. And again, if you want to listen to that, patreon.com forward slash rookies. What we didn't talk about, because it happened while we were recording, was the post-match theatrics. And dad's done it again. Uh, the king. <laughs> apart from Greg Alexander, I haven't seen a single person defending Ivan Cleary. I thought his conduct after the game was awful. I thought he came off like an upset internet fan in his post-match comments. And why would you ever try to get into a mind games war with Clint Eastwood, with, with the GOAT, <laughs> like with Skeletor? Why would you ever do it? Wayne Bennett is the master of this. And he proved it both on his words on Friday and then again after this game. It was so funny, like, to me, as the way that press conference started, like, oh, yeah, what was the best part? Oh, yeah, that we won. Is everyone healthy? Yeah, we're fine. Oh, so yeah. Ivan Cleary, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you fucking something. About it again. He just <laughs> yeah. went. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was one of the great. That's probably since that's since Jeff Tuvey's investigation. I think that might be the best press conference we've had since then. Yeah. Oh, oh it, was, it was fantastic. And, I mean... Someone like uh, I mean, Paul Kent defended Ivan Cleary as well because, of course, he did. But it's just you said all those things. That's the whole point. Like you said them all, and what you might be saying might be true, Ivan. But shut the fuck up. <laughs> like every time now, shut the fuck up. You do the same. They all did the same. You copped your loss, and it had a, like he was going on that tangent. Ivan was like he thought he was doing his Trent Robinson or Wayne Bennett press conference, but it didn't you haven't got like the fa- you haven't got the fastball, Ivan. You're not that guy, just, pal. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. You're just a whinging bitch. And like, he didn't really have his, he didn't really know what his point was. No. His point was just like, oh, Wayne can't do that. And yeah, the, so, coaches, so should coaches shouldn't, shouldn't that. influence referees with pre match comments, even though my team got a penalty as a direct result of my pre match comments about my son being tackled late. And that penalty was soft as shit as well, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the one out, the one tangible thing that we saw as a result of both coaches' pre-match comments, benefited your team. And your response is to come out after the game and say, well, we shouldn't have coaches making comments before the game that could influence referees. Did Souths get a penalty for an illegal blocker on a kick? I don't think so. Don't think they did. So, um, yeah, I don't really know what his point was. And then Wayne came out and he was completely right, as always. buried him. He said, look, he went public first. I made a complaint three weeks ago about something that I didn't like in a game. I kept it private. Someone leaked that to Ivan Cleary. And then he went public with it. And then that's why we're here. And he's right. That's exactly what happened. And I saw Brandy's like, oh, we don't know who said what first. It's like, yes, we do. There's a direct timeline of this. Wayne Bennett had a private concern about something that happened in a game. And he was right. I went back and watched the footage of the things he's talking about. There was multiple examples of, it's usually Isaiah Yo, but a couple other guys as well. Like, making like a sort of a half-assed hit-up run attempt on tackle five to just stand in the path of kick chasers before they can get to Nathan Cleary. It happened a bunch of times in that game three weeks ago. Um, Wayne Dennett made that point privately to the referees. And then someone 
involved in that process has leaked that to Ivan Cleary, who has then come out and not only leaked that, but also made his own grievance about his son being hit late on kicks public as well. Um, also, there was an incident in this game where Adam Reynolds got hit late by someone in the first half, by the way, and it just didn't get looked yeah. at. But whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and that's the timeline of events. And you took the L pregame in the press conferences, and you took the L on the field, and then you took another L afterwards. I don't want to play them again in three weeks, though. We might lose. So hopefully, Pet- Parramatta will yeah. take care of them. I mean, yeah. Oh, everything you said there is correct, but it's just one of those things. It's th- like... I don't know how he's not going to have a job next year and who knows what he's doing after that, Wayne. But this, these are the things of why, like, again, he could be a rugby league coach until the day he doesn't want to be because, like, he's just so good at the man management, the playing the game part of it, the political part of this stuff that he, he could be around forever because, like, give him a decent team, give him decent his players, he'll get the best out of him. He, might not be able to, he won't be able to turn a shit team around. I don't believe he can anymore at that point. He can well, get the best out of a shit squad. But he won't have to do that. But like here in the situation, like he always talks to the refs, and he mentioned in his press conference that he used to call the refs all the time. But he does that, and he's allowed to do that. They're all allowed to do that. But Wayne's always been good at it because he hasn't been the one who screams at them generally. And he may be angry at the referees, but he waited till Ivan Cleary flinched. Cleary flinched. Wayne smashed him, and then he came in and he walks up to the fucking press after the game. And he's trying, and Ivan Cleary's trying to do his deflection thing. He's trying to do what Robinson and Wayne do, but instead embarrasses him, fuck himself. Fucking embarrasses himself. Looks like an idiot. Has no actual point he's trying to make. Nothing of his had made any sense, he was saying, and then got buried again. And Wayne's like already on top of the world. Here's no reason not to bury you. It was, yeah. it was high life. It was great. Um, yeah. And now it's kind of just like, where did Penrith go from here? And we'll preview that game on Wednesday. But I think they'll still probably beat Parramatta. But it's it's because it's a really tough road for them now. Well, they really need like it's again. I don't think Dylan Edwards is a great fullback. Everybody knows this, but he's better than Charlie Staines. And they need Edwards or they need Staines out of there for Naden. Like Crichton was really good at fullback, but I don't know if he's got the full gas for for a full eighty at fullback at the moment. He hasn't been playing there all year. Um, they need Edwards back. They needed his carries out of, out of their end. Charlie Staines was like lost. And Charlie Staines thinks he's, thinks he's fucking sick, by the way. Hey, every now and then he gets a ball. He does like a little skip and goes nowhere. And it's like, Charlie, like, you're not that good, bro. You're not going to skip and run around someone. You drop that ball, like Stephen Crichton offloaded that, and finally you have to catch. Like, they need him back. They need Moses Leota back. Because um, it's quite clearly that if the game is played a little slower and if Fisher Harris and Isaiah Yo aren't, aren't laying down the law, Maybe things aren't going to go their way. But like I was, they, they, they wouldn't. I, none of that smoke. Half that pack wanted none of that smoke, man. Last night. Uh, I thought I thought Liam Martin was really poor. Um, he was terrible. Mate, he and didn't want physical contact. You mentioned Edwards as well. I think one of his one of his best attributes is his support play. And I think probably on that Isaiah Yo break they had, he's probably there, and they maybe score. Yeah. And then also with the Matt Burton break just on halftime. By the way, we said yesterday Alex Johnson didn't play well, and he didn't. But I watched it again today. I watched the whole game back after we recorded yesterday. Um, his cover on that play just for half time is incredible. He comes from the left wing to tackle Matt Burton on, sorry, he comes from his left wing to tackle Matt Burton on Paulo's side of the field. And that's what results yeah. in the desperation pass, which ends up being a penalty goal. But hey, penalty goal is better than a try. The, yeah. And the hard thing for Penrith though, mate, is just like just the way the games have played and how much they've dominated the last couple of years. They're not often challenged like this. Yeah. Like, like uh, Jerome Luai for example, I thought he was quite poor for his standard, but he just thought he could keep doing the same shit. He thought, I'll just run it and I'll throw and whatever would have score. And it just wasn't on. Like, there's so many times they went left when they shouldn't have. They forced plays they shouldn't have. They started they panicking needed. with, like, 25 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, and Isaiah Yo was getting the first receiver and trying to calm them the fuck down. And I thought he had a great game. He was awesome. only one. He's so but, like, good. They were panicking for ages, and it's like, like guys, settle down. Like, you, you're down six. At one point, they were down like four. It's like, calm down. You have ages. You're good enough at this. Get to your kick. Kick into the corners, whatever. But they panicked. And also, I don't I don't know what happened to Coruscant. You might know what happened to him. But him not playing the last 10 minutes. Wasn't complaining. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the, fuck? Like, um, the bench rotation was terrible, man. He it was 26 awful. minutes to Mitch Kennedy, 23 minutes from the Tavita Pangai Jr. And 11 minutes from Spencer Lina, who Rabs Warren. We certainly never heard of the play before. That's <laughs> great. He's us. played like a hundred first grade games. Yeah. After he was three, 53 minutes into the game, he's like, who's his Spencer? And he looks at Leo. the game. He's like, Leo, or whatever. He asked <laughs> Gus. 
And then he goes, uh, oh. Linu Rabbits. And Lenu, he was calling him after Lenu. that. Oh, what about Panai? Where'd Panai, Panai come yeah. from? He called to him Panai, Panai about Junior. 50 he's times. Him- um, yeah. I will say, oh. the only the only negative I can give South on that performance, if I had one, was the failure to ice the game in the last 10 minutes. I thought, there's a few yeah. times I think taking the field goal is fine. There wasn't a lot of kick pressure either. And like Reynolds is in the pocket twice. And they, yeah. I think, tough and Walker both overruled him once each. Um, Johnson oh, kicking that ball. One. Instead of passing it back in field to Cody, that seals the game. Cody kicking that ball under the post instead of passing to um to beat it to Tola, who I think was in support. They score again. So there's a little couple, and then task kick obviously that went dead was awful. But he ended that set at the other end by catching that bomb and getting poleaxed by yeah. uh, Stephen Crichton. So yeah, a couple of incidents in the last ten minutes where I thought that they just need to trust Adam Reynolds a bit more and just sort of calm it down. But um, listen, I always ask you about your ding dong. Must be. Pretty hard. Think of Adam Reynolds in your beloved Brisbane Broncos outfit next year. Oh, mate. That's it. I think at the end of the game, he was ready to ice it. Others wouldn't get out of the way. You know, <laughs> it was like, give me the ball. I'll finish this off for us. Yeah. But no, mate, I was, I, I, you know, I didn't think South would win going into the game, but I thoroughly enjoyed the performance because this is what, this is the one of the weekend. All the games I enjoyed. This is the first time in a long time, like, when I realized, oh, yeah, wait, if we let the game played as, as we used to it being played, and I know there was probably too many penalties people like to see, but that's what Jerry Sutton does, whatever. He likes doing it. They weren't wrong that it's a lot of them. Um, but when the game's played, as I remember being played, teams can win in different ways. South can be physical, get these guys off the game, kick to their corners, and they can do different things to just like slow the game down, kick the ball out, whatever, and, and, and keep their momentum down. And they can win. Because that wasn't really an option for a while there. If your teams just get possession like Penrith and just knock and just keep going up the guts and you fall apart and whatever happens, yeah. South won like this and like it just it was just a total coaching masterclass from South and the way execution masterclass for like sixty five minutes. The only thing, as you said, only thing they got wrong was icing the game. But they like they scored sixteen points, but they left like eighteen out there. Reckon, yeah, yeah, they did. Like they had Johnson bombed an, a, not another try but an opportunity earlier in the first half as well with a, with a kick um which then ended with um Momorowski spilling the ball and all Cody had to do was yeah. kind of fall on it that's a that's a bomb yeah. try and then the two and I mentioned as well blocked, so yeah. like yeah, that's it and then two you mentioned and then they had um they just were down like when they got into the 20 they, they were active and the other flip side of that is the biggest worry of South of the whole last two years was like yeah if they were on top and in front of games they can beat good teams but they couldn't defend the consecutive sets on their goal on like at all. No, they couldn't. But this year, even against shit teams, they couldn't. Like even though, like the yeah. Warriors like sixty four to twenty earlier this year, and like the Dragons scored a bunch of tries against them, even in games but that like, they won. But like, there'd yeah. be some sore fellas in South Sydney or, that, or, or, or in that training camp today. Like the yeah. guys like Campbell Graham, Jackson Paulo, and so like they scrambled their fucking hearts out. And look, they put I everything wanted, into it. I wanted Tane Milne in the team ahead of Jackson Paulo, and that's why Wayne Bennett's the greatest coach of all time. And I'm some guy. You're not. Yeah, so fuck, it was a great game. Like we spoke up more of it yesterday's thing. We haven't we don't want to overlap too much of the same no. stuff, even though everyone hasn't heard it who listens to this podcast. But that's where the rest is. But yeah, it just it's such yeah. a great performance. Good to see South play like that. And we're um, sitting at a spot now with a final series where we all went into it going, fuck, what's gonna go this way? We have no fucking clue how it's gonna go now. Uh you said yesterday you still don't think South can win the comp. Do you I honestly still think they can't win the comp? Not that they will. You don't have to say they're no. the favorites. No, now they, I mean, they're two games away, and one of those games will not be against Penrith and Melbourne. Yeah, it's it's very unlikely, obviously. But the best thing for you guys now is like Penrith and Melbourne. One of them they're slogging each other in two weeks. Maybe Penrith, or maybe one of them wins an absolute war, and the other the, the, that team that wins gets a couple of suspensions or something. Like, yeah, yeah. that's that's probably the best yeah. case for us, right? It is, and then and you guys like you know, let's be honest, the way it's formed for you, it's not really mainly probably the threat. But if you if you guys play as physical as you did in this game, their pack is not gonna. They're not. That that yeah, their pack is not gonna stand up to you in that same way. Like, we'll see. It's 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 very hard to replicate the performance you guys put in. That's my worry. It's very. I agree hard with that, for, but I just don't think guys, they need to be that good again in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, very true. But it's very hard to come out and play like that every week. I, I don't and, have a read and, on how uh, they're going to play against Manly because they've had them once and it was like at the yeah. start of the year and Tom Tavovich didn't play. And it was also, if you remember, it was, it was raining. It was like the wettest game ever. It was like so error riddled. I just um, can't believe Tom Burgess is had his probably like, maybe his best NRL game at 29. Like, all the Burgess bottles have fallen to shit in their late 20s. Except for him. I can't um, believe that. <laughs> one more thing before we go. Uh, didn't talk about Blake Tarf at all, but uh, what a hero. What an absolute goddamn hero. 
Yeah, I mean, Cleary didn't really kick as well as we expect from him, generally. No, he that's didn't. True. But Blake t- accepted all the challenges. I did laugh on the commentary that that one that Alex Johnson dropped. Joey compared it like this is a weird game. Let's try to do everything to wrap a player. Joey compared it to Shane Warne. You know, Shane Warne would throw all the, you know, he'd get you, he'd throw all this magic at you, then he'd get you with a shit straight one, the long hop. It's like, no, no, that, that's just a shit kick from Cleary that Johnson dropped. It's, don't ever think it, champ. It's not him doing like, mind games with Johnson, giving him a shit kick and hoping he dropped it. It's just a shit kick and Johnson dropped it. But like Black Taff really stood up and it's been hard to tell with some young fellas the last couple of years without having reserve grade and similar and, and knowing how ready they'll be to, to step up to the on the occasion when, when they're called upon. And his one mistake last week was really overblown and he had a mistake in this game. But the best thing you can say about players like him at his age is, is having that self-belief that you make that mistake and it doesn't ruin his night. And he made that mistake and he made another mistake later in the game when he kicked when he shouldn't have. And he made another mistake when he passed over past one when he shouldn't have, should have. But the way he played didn't look like he made those mistakes, you know? He stayed active and stayed in the game from there. Yeah, and it's so easy in situations like that to go full, you know, Justin Hodges in origin or Steve Maven or anything like that, but he didn't. He was great after that. I know he had the kick that went dead uh, the, yeah. in the last, but he made, as I said, he made up for that by making that contested kick at the other end. So, yep, fantastic result for them. And um, yes, uh, it's going to be nice to have a week off. It's been a long time since then. And in fact, Mitchell, do you know what happened the last time South Sydney had a week off in the finals? Yes, I know. They won, they won the competition. They, they won did. the they competition. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And reminder, we'll probably look to do a couple more bonus pods just over the final series. And of course, we'll have a plenty in the offseason as well. We already had three new patrons as a result of yesterday's show. So shout out to Josh, James and Grace for subscribing. Thank you so much. And a special thank you to um, the people in the top two tiers of our patron who get shout outs every single episode. And they are Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Blake Reddy, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Donkey Dick, Frankie, JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Turner 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, My Ding Dong is Hard and I Am Sad, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, The Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Hearn. Thank you so much for your support. And to everyone who just listens and to everyone in the lower tiers, we love you as well. Mitchell, normally I'd ask you how your Ding Dong is and how your depression's going, but I think we're both very happy and flying at full mast. Mate, Wayne's but before we go, what's dropped whilst on air, Phil Gould has dropped. And Phil Gould, the pandemic year, Phil Gould has been actually, sorry, Phil Rothfield, sorry, not Phil Gould, Phil Rothfield has dropped great gear this year. He's dropped Ivan Cleary in danger of becoming the game's new Brian Smith. Buzz. <laughs> Buzz is back. <laughs> Buzz is back. And some quotes in there about taking on, you know, Wayne Bennett when you can't have, but you can't take on Wayne. He said, oh, you know, that's, Cleary started a war of words he couldn't win. Uh, you can only guess one of the reasons why the great Gus Gould didn't want Cleary back at the Panthers when he sacked three years it ago. It is a difficult position for them now, right? Because like, how yeah. do you get rid of the coach if you want to without also losing his son who happens to be the best halfback in the world? Yeah. So it's tough. It's a real tough one. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's just funny. He got, he's got, and good old Buzz has, has the balls to take the shot before they're knocked out. He's like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going for the throat right now. You got to respect it. Um, and also, while we're recording, tweet from Scott Bailey: confirmation from the NRL that Gutherson's kick would still be legal, even if it did hit the ground. Then foot, it is still a drop kick by definition, with league staying a few years ago that players don't need to be going for field goals for them to be legal. There you go. What a, the weirdest storm in the teacup! But that's what we do in rugby league. And when games are close, we yeah. know the referees fucked up I, somewhere. That was the biggest <laughs> miracle of all. I think was that uh, coming out of that South Penrith game, there wasn't really a call that people could fixate on to cry about, like. Both teams got yeah. sort of ticky-tack ruck infringement penalties that both resulted in penalty goals. And there was kind of that, I thought, bullshit penalty on that late hit. And that was it, really. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you. But Jerry Sutton had a pretty good game. And uh, South extend their uh, record without Grant Atkins to <laughs> 20 wins and zero losses this year. Something to think oh, mate, about. If, if you get him for the prelim, I might. Are... <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> they can't. They can't, surely. Is they he even in the top two rest? It'll be, it'll be Jerry Sutton oh. and Ashley Klein, surely. No, I don't know. I think Atkins is, is, is creeping around there. In their I don't opinion, like it. So. I do not like yeah. it. Get me off the Atkins no. diet. All right. <laughs> Thanks all for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday with uh, Question Time Rookie Takes and uh, some finals previews for next week. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>